Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. Richard said, why not do less? I said, me? Do less? <laughs> Never! <laughs> less? I don't know her. <laughs> So, Christy, what have you been up to? I have been going through it. Oh, <laughs> through it, up it, down it, all around it. Oh, oh my God. on it. I've <laughs> been going through it. So, at work, we just launched a Summer of Solar campaign, which actually I'm very excited about. You can follow us on social media, hashtag Summer of Solar and hashtag Running on Sunshine. Let me just plug my other shit. Running on sunshine. Running on sunshine. (laughs) Yeah, well, we were just going to do summer of solar. And then they were like, no, running on sunshine. So we changed everything to be running on sunshine. And they were like, actually, we also like summer of solar. So we're going to have both hashtags. Of course. So observant listeners will realize that it's the middle of July. Why are we just now launching a summer of solar campaign when it's halfway through the summer? Good question, (laughs) listeners. Good question. Good question. Please tell us. The government is a wild place. It either gets delayed six months or it happens immediately. There's no in between. (laughs) But we're very excited. Like, I I am actually excited. It's like a public facing consumer focused campaign about getting people to go solar, which is like very exciting. So that's nice. But it's less fun when you're trying to (laughs) launch a summer long campaign in the middle of July. Anyway, the summer of solar is causing me to go through it. But I'm, I'm still glad it's happening. Oh, yeah. So last week, we discussed pool parties. Last week, we discussed Airbnb. Let me introduce you to an app I discovered this week, the Airbnb of pool parties called Swimly. I'm done. (laughs) Stop right there. It's called (laughs) Swimly. It exists. You rent other people's pools. (laughs) Wait, I have so many questions. Are you renting the pools? Are you renting properties that have pools? Because like if somebody is just in their house and you're just like, hey, can I just show up at your pool? I'll pay you. They recommend that the owner still be there in the house to monitor the pool while the people are renting the pool. (laughs) I'm serious. Oh my God. I I went all over their website because I was like, I just see so many problems with this. So many. I don't even know where to start with this app. Liability. 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 If somebody who doesn't know how to swim shows up to your house, drowns in your pool. Yep. Liability. 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 This is a terrible idea. I can only imagine the number of people who are going to like get the cops called on them because they roll up to a neighborhood with a bunch of nice houses and like all pack out of the car to go to some random person's pool. There's actually, there's a whole page on the, on the website called like for neighbors. So like neighbors of people who are renting out their pools. And it's, it's as bad as you think. It's like, be sure to talk to your neighbors and tell them that there will be other people over at your pool. And the picture is like this white lady talking over the fence to this white guy. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what, what do I do if people are, are too rowdy and my neighbor won't respond? And it's like this picture of this old white woman like on the phone. It's like, call our customer service line if, if the pool guests are not behaving well. <laughs> it's like, ah. 
There's so many problems here. I am surprised it exists. What company wants to undertake all of this liability? It was on... <laughs> if I were doing a startup company, I would pick something... That has not this huge amount of liability. little liability as possible. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Watch, it becomes like a multi-billion dollar market cap company in two years. Swimly. <laughs> no, it was on Shark Tank. They like invested in it on Shark Tank. I... It, it's... I'm even more dumbfounded than I was before you said professional investors. Yeah. Who know about liability endorsed this nonsense. They sure did. They sure did. Okay. I hope they lose money on this. <laughs> they deserve to lose money on this. <laughs> they deserve to lose money on this. Hope the liability bites them in the ass. <laughs> I, I really do. This is terrible. Oh. If I were a neighbor and like, I'm not calling Swim, even if you tell me that the people you're inviting over to your place are clients or customers of Swimly, I'm calling the police. <laughs> Even if I know that I'm supposed to call swimming, I'm calling the police. Especially the case, this is coming hot up the hills of a panoramic. Mm -hmm. police. police. Call the police. <laughs> police. <laughs> call the police. These unvaccinated people outdoors, not wearing a mask, in close proximity, sneezing and coughing, and rather eating the same. Call the police. I couldn't believe. It was the day after we recorded the episode and I saw it pop up. And I was like, no pools and air like all of the problems of airbnb and all of the problems of pools <laughs> all together in one what if you show up in the pools nasty like what do you do there's so many things like what these motherfuckers are gonna make so much money too aren't they they're gonna just like sell it and make millions of dollars and then it will crash and i, oh, I hate everything how come i'm not in on these scams you know what? After talking all that shit, if I were an investor, maybe that's exactly why they endorse this nonsense because they know it's going to crash. But before then, they will make buku money. And I think that's the whole premise. That's exactly what's driving this thing. Well, in all of the going through it, I did manage to watch one movie on Amazon. It's one of the like Amazon produced movies. It's called The Vast of Night, which I hate as a name. It's a really bad name. The Vast <laughs> of Night. It is. It was really bad uh, as a name. The movie was good. The movie was good. The name is just, I, I avoided the movie. It Amazon, as it usually does, was very aggressively advertising it to me, but I avoided it because the name was so bad, I assumed uh. it had to be a bad movie. But it was a good movie. It was like a very sort of old school sci-fi movie and had some like Twilight Zone vibes. The acting was pretty good. The writing was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was nice. Is anybody in there that we know? No, it was like really random people. It was a very small cast. There was pretty good writing and pretty good acting that was this close to being ruined by bad sound mixing. Like, how do you fuck something up like that? Like, how does it go out the door? It's like the, the sounds were just all off. Like, we had to basically read the whole thing in subtitles because just the, like, volumes of different sounds were all off. <laughs> like, the, the dialogue was hard to hear over things. Yeah, like the dialogue, like things would be like really quiet or really loud and like the dialogue was hard to hear. Okay, that, okay. Amazon, do yeah, better. you have enough money. I thought Amazon had their <laughs> don't, shit together. Don't skimp on, exactly. That's like <laughs> sound mixing, like come on. Don't skimp on microphones. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so what have I been up to? I also have been going through it, <laughs> all the way through it. Like this week is rough, rough. Remember that time I got shot two weeks ago? How could I forget? This is rougher than that. Oh, no. <laughs> this is rougher than that. I would take being shot again. 
over this. Oh, but speaking of speaking of being shot two weeks ago, the wounds have actually mostly healed. I was actually impressed. Thank you, body, for healing so quickly. Um, all the wounds have mostly healed, so now I'm just waiting to see what kind of scars are going to be left. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know what kind of cool scars I'm going to get now, but I'll let you know. I'll update you when they properly form. The other thing is, I watched Cruella. I remember I mentioned it a couple episodes back when I, when they released the trailer. I remember there was an episode where we talked about the movies I was looking forward to in 2021. I know the new, the new Batman movie, I think, should still be on schedule to come out this year. I hope it is because I'm looking forward to it. But I did see Cruella and I went in with low expectations. Yeah. I was like, we don't really need a remake or an origin story for Cruella DeVille. And for the most part, I don't like remakes or origin stories. Like, they always try to twist and do the most and i'm like all right just don't but i love the character of corella so much that i was like i'm watching this i am watching this and let me tell you i gave it a chance and i was so glad i did i was so glad i did the story is it's playful like the kind of stuff you expect from an origin story of a villain that may be a disney villain you know the kind of it's very playful but it has a side of whimsical glamour you know the kind of stuff you look like this is fucking hilarious but fuck if i won't wear that outfit this shit slaps <laughs> the costume design there i was shook oh. they actually had properly constructed it didn't look like it was fashion oh. it was so well done i was i loved it and of course emma thompson okay spoiler alert i'm talking about cruella if you haven't seen it i highly recommend you see it but Emma Thompson plays opposite of Emma Stone. Emma Stone plays the young Cruella DeVille. And Emma Thompson plays like the, what you would call, I don't want to give too much away. But she played kind of like the mentor to Cruella DeVille. Like the fashion mentor. And Emma Thompson killed that role. She killed it one of my favorite scenes spoiler alert again we're talking about cruella she had emma stone's character who's cruella deville like young cruella deville she makes this garment and she's showing emma thompson's character and she puts it on this mannequin and emma thompson is walking down she looks at the garment and she has this um what do you call those they're not ex they're not exacto knives but the ones that flip open are they exacto knives it's like a pocket the, yeah knife. but it, i'll just call it an exacto knife yeah, like one of those flip open pocket knives type things. The Emma Thompson's character just happens to walk around with one all the time and she flips it open <laughs> and then she starts like chopping things off the garment on the mannequin really fast. <laughs> and of course, Emma Stone's character is like, what the fuck are you doing? And she go reaches to catch what she's chopping up and she slices her hand. And then Emma, <laughs> Emma Stone's character is screaming and she goes, why are you speaking? <laughs> that that took me out <laughs> and then she says well i think you nicked me and then uh, emma thompson's character grabs her hand and she like looks at the blood coming out and then she screams she goes fabrics can you get me a red this shade <laughs> and i died i fucking died and she just walks off the the whole movie is i would call it camp and i love 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 camp anyway i think it's a great movie i'm going to be rewatching this huh. the other thing i did is I also watched Hacks on HBO Max. I binged the whole thing. Mm. I was multitasking and I was like, I'm watching this. Because HBO kept pushing it to me. 
the writing i think hbo must have some form of monopoly on good writers mm. the writing in the show is so good gene smart plays this older act okay i'm talking about hacks on hbo max if you haven't seen it yet go see it it's worth a watch but spoiler alert anyway she plays this older comedian and she hires this new writer that is down on her luck and just needs a job and their interaction with each other is gold <laughs> meanwhile gene smart is a really good actress or i should say actor She's a really, Jean Smart is a really good actor. She is brilliant. Her comedic timing is on the money for every single one of the jokes that was written for her in this show. It was so good. It was so good. And her character is very nuanced. She, she does everything very well. And I, I'm always impressed that given how many stories have already been told, the, this is not the first time I'm going to see a story about like a, an old Hollywood actor. Like right. We've seen Sunset Boulevard. We've seen, we've seen a lot of it. And every time I see a new one where the writing is fresh, punchy, is very relevant to the times, I'm like, if you're going to do a remake of something, this is how you do it. You have to make sure that the writing is fresh. You can't just copy and paste. And this definitely did it. Jean Smart, I think, is nominated for an Emmy for this role. If she doesn't win, I'm calling the Emmys and I'm calling them raggedy bitches. <laughs> because I don't even know who else is in the category and I don't even care to find out. Just get, just go ahead and give her the Emmy right now. It was so good. And for those of you who don't know, Jean Smart's husband died in March of 2021, right when she was wrapping up the filming of the show. Mm. And the character she plays in the movie, that character's husband is also dead. Oh. And now I can't help but think that a lot of that good acting was really not acting. Because the nuance of how she played that, I was like, this woman really knows what she's... She, she's not secondhand feeling this. This woman is feeling this. Oh, my God. So it was a really good show. And I'm not saying give her the Emmy just because her husband in real life died. But, like, nobody else would have done a better job than Jean, uh, Jean Smart in this role. So shout out to Jean Smart. That was a great role. Thank you for giving us that. We love you. She already has three Emmys, by the way. But why not get her wow. fourth one? So... On today's episode, we'll be discussing driving. By the way, before we even start talking about this week's episode, remember how last week when I said today the, the episode this week was going to be cooking? I know I lied, but that's not even why I bring that up. <laughs> the reason why I bring that up is because when I listened to that episode back, it sounded like instead of saying cooking, I was saying cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, on next week's episode, we'll be discussing cocaine. <laughs> no. It was cooking. It was a lie either way. <laughs> <laughs> but driving, right? In most of the country, and I guess most of the world, it is a rite of passage of adolescence. You grow up, you learn how to drive. There are very select places where this is not true. Places like New York, where having a car is just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So you might, but I still think it's necessary for people to learn. Like just, just learn. Cars are every place. It's, it's very ubiquitous in the world. You should just learn how to drive a car. That being said, how slash when did you learn how to drive? Also, when did you get your learner's permit? <laughs> I learned to drive when I was 16, regular driver's ed in North Carolina, which is where I went to high school. I guess I was 15. You get your learner's permit when you're 15. Yeah. That's terrifying. Like your other like 15 year old classmates driving a car of you around. So just the, <laughs> the regular old terrifying driver's ed experience. 
So I got my learner's permit when I was 15, but I never took the driving test. I just oh. didn't really drive much. We only had like one car for the whole family. So it just, I just never did it. So years went by. I just never got my license. And all of a sudden I was going to an internship for the summer where I needed to be able to drive around. So I was 20 years old. So this is years later. I haven't literally have not driven in years. And I had to take, <laughs> I had to take my driver's test. But at that point I was in Pennsylvania where they expect you to know how to parallel park, which is not something they teach you in North Carolina because every single store has a gigantic parking lot because everything is so spread out. So I had never learned how to parallel park. <laughs> so my parents tried to teach me. That was a fucking nightmare. Oh. <laughs> Love you parents, but that was a fucking nightmare. Just like, they, oh my God, just all the different like flavors of neuroses. And like I was in their car and just anyways, all of my three parents, my mom, my stepmom, and my dad tried to teach me how to parallel park all using different methods. None of them worked very well. I st uh, to this day cannot really parallel park, but Ooh. I went to take my driver's test in Pennsylvania, and I failed because I fucked up the parallel parking. Oh, of course, it, that's how that goes. That is exactly how that goes. Then I went to take it again, and I did the parallel parking correctly, but I was so nervous about the parallel parking that I didn't signal going into the parking space, and they failed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's petty. That is so, so petty. Oh my God. Anyway, the third time I took the driver's test, I finally got my license. I was like, there must have been something else I messed up. Like, you can't be failing me because I forgot to turn on my turn signal, signal. going into a parallel parking spot. I feel like they should have just scared me a little bit, been like, oh, well, you didn't signal and like give a really long pause and make me feel like I failed and then be like, we'll yeah, let yeah. you pass. But remember, always signal when you parallel. Right. Which I knew to do. I was just so nervous about that one part that I forgot. To I think I learned how to drive when I was like between 16 and 17. I don't know which it is. I actually it was night like night class because it was like 6 to 9 p.m. every day for like I think two months or something. It was something mm. ridiculous that I hated doing. But every time I went, I had so much fun in that class. Yeah. And I was I was like the every every other student in the class hated me <laughs> because in high school. I think you we, you and I would have been friends in high school because I had that kind of personality where I showed up and I was like, I'm doing everything right the way you guys want me to do it. I'm not cracking any jokes. I'm not being like a loud mouth. I'm going to be here, do what I need to do and get the fuck out. Yep. So I would be out here like studying the actual manual of the stuff. Mm -hmm. I would be acing the tests and everybody would be like, why are you doing so much? I was like, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, I bring that up because I failed the written portion of it and in Maryland, the written portion of that learner's permit test is not straightforward. Mm. They intentionally put trick questions. It's like the idea, you know it perfectly in your head, mm -hmm. but the way the words are set up in the question mislead you. And as soon as I clicked it and I clicked submit, I was like, motherfucker, didn't I just, I, oh. I, as soon as I hit submit, because you have to do it on a screen mm -hmm. and you do it, it's timed. And as soon as you're done and you click send, you don't know what happens. And then you go to the front and they tell yeah. you. I clicked send and I was like, I just failed. Oh, no. As soon as I clicked send, it clicked in my head and I was like, I just oh. failed. And I went up there, surely I failed. My dad is like, how the fuck did you fail? <laughs> I was like, it was a trick question. Because my dad was just like, you mean we actually have to come back here? 
because they won't let you come back in for another like two weeks yeah and they gave me another date but i was like i have to bring you back here i was like yeah, i guess you do <laughs> so of course i went back the second time and i was ready for their shit i was like y'all not gonna get me a second time so the second time was fine and then when i did like they had to give you like a log book where you do 40 hours of driving or whatever was it 40 hours or 300 i don't know it was some ridiculous number of hours and like honestly nobody ever does the full number of hours no. nobody does everybody's like you drive for five minutes call it a full yeah. hour <laughs> Yep. Call it. Let's get this 40 hour logbook up to speed. But anyway, we got that. And then I went to go take my driving test. And when my dad was teaching me how to drive, funny thing is, my dad is actually the best driver that I know. He's one of the few people who, if he's driving, I I can actually fall asleep in the car because I'm a I'm a big overthinker. If I'm in any if I'm anybody else is driving, my mind is like doing five million calculations about like what's happening around them. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. But he's the only person, when he's driving, I fall asleep like a baby. I don't feel a bump. I don't feel a swerve. I don't feel anything. It's great. But when he was teaching me how to drive, and of course, I drive like a... People have told me I drive like a maniac. I will be out here like James Bonding this shit. Like, scared. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. And then you get nervous. That like, now he's nervous. I'm like, okay, chill. Um, or you know how, like, you go... You want to pull the car out of a spot and you mean to put it in reverse. But because your dad is sitting next to you, you put it in drive. And he's like, are you trying to climb the curb? Yeah. Like, <laughs> What's not clicking? And I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. Then I went to go take my driving test after all of that. And the guy they assigned to me did what you just said your instructor should have done. The guy was literally the entire time a fucking asshole to me. I was like, I'm failing this, aren't I? Because he was, I think, in hindsight, I think what he was trying to do was he was probably trying his hardest to frazzle me Hmm. just to see if I can, like, hold my own. Like, both my parents are Nigerian, sir. You have to come harder than that. (laughs) Like, my dad taught me how to drive. If you want to make me nervous while driving, you would literally have to be strangling me as I'm holding the steering for it to work. Yeah, we would pass, like, a... So I'd be driving, I'd be going a speed, and then the, the speed limit would change, and we, he would wait until we passed it, and he'd say, what was the speed, what was that speed limit sign? Mm. And I would just be like, honestly, I wasn't checking, I'm sorry, but there's a stoplight up there anyway, so I'll go ahead and stop there, and then I'll, because I'm like, yeah, we passed it, but like, I can't keep flying down the road anyway. There's a stop, because I'm like, first of all, you want to outsmart me, you have to work hard. So I was like, there's a stoplight anyway in front. So I'll stop there, and then the next one comes up, and I'll figure it out. Because you know what I mean? If I'm going to stop for the stoplight anyway, there's no way that I will exceed that speed yeah. limit, even though I just passed it. Right. Um, yeah, and then he, he would literally, when it was time to do the parallel parking thing, I was like, here we go. Because he, he, I knew, was going to be an asshole. Because in Maryland, I, I think everywhere, they watch you parallel park with all those rules. But also, if you parallel park and both tires are more than 12 inches from the curb, mm-hmm. you fail. Yep. So, of course, and then, like, they, they measure how much your front, the cone in front and the cone in the back and everything. All of that was done. And the guy, he got out of the car and he was like, because he started asking some dumb questions. He was like, is this your car? I'm like, no. Like, my dad is obviously letting me use his car to take this test. So it's not my car. <laughs> it was like a brand new car then too. So I think he probably assumed that I was one of those rich kids who have like no common sense. Mm. And I was like, 
no, actually, this is not my car, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, he was such an asshole. He goes, well, you didn't know the speed, time, whatever, whatever. I'm going to go in there, and I'll come back, and I'll let you know. And then he goes, and I, like, see my dad. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess we'll soon find out. Because the thing is, like, my dad wouldn't be upset that I failed. He'd be upset that he has to bring me yeah. back <laughs> if I have to retake it. And I'd be like, all right, all right. So he comes back, and he goes, okay, well, you passed. I was like, really? Because I was shocked that I actually passed. And he goes, yeah, you passed. And I was like, thank you so much. Bye. So, of course, that was the end of that. And I didn't have to ever go back. Oh but, oh, God, man. <laughs> but I was really mad, like, about the written test that I failed. Yeah. I was like, on a technicality? Uh, Are you guys fucking kidding me? I studied really hard for that. <laughs> Do you like driving? I hate driving. If I never got behind the wheel of a car for the rest of my life, I would be perfectly happy. I actually, I like driving. Yeah? I like driving. Yeah. It's it's fun for many reasons. One, I guess, I also like cars, so driving is fun for that reason. But also, because I am the way I am, the isolation of driving alone on a very scenic route with a playlist that slaps, my dear, that is gold to me. Some nights when I'm like, I can't sleep, I grab the keys, I get in the car and I go drive a scenic route. And of course, I'm bumping all my aggressive music and it's great. No, that's long road trips are great, 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 great. Um, so yeah, so I do like driving a lot. What I do not like is driving when other people are on the road and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that just gives me anxiety. Because I'm like, why the fuck are you? And I, I because I know, because I notice everything. I'm like, why the fuck are you driving like that it's very unnecessary what's your least favorite thing about driving oh god <laughs> honestly i it was this feeling when i started driving that i thought i would get over but never did which is this just existential dread of like i'm a person operating a giant piece of machinery among a bunch of other people operating giant pieces of machinery around me right and like i I don't perfectly know what I'm doing. I know a bunch of them don't know what they're doing. And, like, it, it just yeah. freaks me out, like, on a, like, on an existential level. Just driving freaks me out. I've never been able to adjust to that. Um, yep. But, yeah. So, it feels scary to me. I don't like it. Huh. I think that's that's also my least favorite thing about the car is driving is what other people are doing incorrectly while they are driving. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you just look at people drive. I'm like, you really have no idea what you're doing. And you have a license. Yeah. The yeah. fuck? <laughs> or people who, you know what I also hate? People who drive aggressively because they think they know what they're doing, but they really don't know what they're mm -hmm. doing. And I'm like, this overconfident masculinity bullshit will get you together, my dear. Oh. It will get you together. You know what also drives me? Like, you know how this thing drives me crazy? Somebody who's driving a beat up car that looks like it's been in several accidents and you see them weaving crazy. Yes. I'm like, this is exactly why your car looks like that. <laughs> this is why your car looks like that. <laughs> because you know that person for sure will smash your, the person will hit you mm -hmm. and not like, they'll be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you hit me. <laughs> so I usually like avoid, if I see those people on the road, I'm switching lanes to let them yeah. go. I will do my best to avoid them because they will get you in trouble. If I see somebody like, even if like, if I see them driving on a donut tire and they're speeding, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to leave that lane. Red. 
flags. You're on a donut tire. Your car is already off balance. And the traction on all four tires is not even. You are going to have an accident going way over the speed limit with a donut tire. Mm -hmm. Or you see them having like, they have just gone to Ikea. They have a million things strapped to the roof of their car. And they're weaving crazy. I have to leave the road for you. I have to just leave it for you. (laughs) You're going to hit somebody or your stuff is going to fall off the car and then we're going to have a problem. So you got to go. Yeah. So that drives me Mm -hmm. like that really terrifies me. Yeah. No, I mean, if I even if I liked driving before, I think it would have been ruined for me because for the almost six years I was in grad school, I had basically an hour each way commute to school. So I had to drive. I was Mm. in my car for two hours a day, not just driving in my car, but driving on the highway in Massachusetts. And the stereotype of masshole drivers is like, there's never been a stereotype that's more true. They are so aggressive, so aggressive. Like you will get tailgated constantly. Like people will just weave in and out. Like I would be driving like, 10 miles over the speed limit going past like a cop and I wouldn't even blink because they're waiting for somebody going 30 over who is like right oh. behind me. Like, <laughs> really? Yes. Like it doesn't matter. Like that's crazy. They know to not waste their time because like someone, a much more expensive ticket will be coming in five minutes. <laughs> Baltimore is the same way, but like the Baltimore police, they have murders to deal with. They're not really checking for you speeding. And for the most part, you know that what I realized is Baltimore drivers are actually not bad drivers. They know what they're doing, but they're a little too aggressive. And that's my problem. They don't need to be because like you can perfectly account for how you control your machinery, mm-hmm. but everybody else you can't account for. So if you are driving aggressive, but you know what you're doing, guess what? Somebody will make a move that's completely left of what you expect of them. But because you're already driving aggressive, you won't be able to correct quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you have a problem. And that's what I'm usually afraid of when I see people driving. But people in Baltimore, for the most part, are pretty decent drivers. Oh, segue. Fun story. <laughs> Did I, I think I told you a story. I had to file a police report. Like, it might have been three months ago now. Look at me. Look, I've never had to file so many police reports until 2021. I think I filed three this year. <laughs> three. Um, so I was home working and I heard a loud bang outside. So, of course, I run out because I'm like... It's Baltimore. If it's a loud bang, they probably just hit a parked car or something. And I was right. Someone was driving. I'll tell you the story about how she told it later. But like, I walk out and all of I see is like the car behind mine was kissing my car. Like it was touching my car. Oh, and I was like, okay. Then I breathed out and I said, okay, this means that my car wasn't directly hit. The car behind my car was hit. And then that car hit my car. So the damage is probably more on that car than it is my car. And I walked to the back of that car. Mama crumpled. The entire trunk was flat. Flat. And I was like, oh. Fun fact. I look, of course, and I see that car is like maybe six car spaces ahead. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I have my phone in my hand. I just grab my camera. I start taking photos from where I am. Because if that car leaves, no report. So, of course, I took photos, and I walk up, and I was like, are you okay? You hurt? She goes, no. And I was like, okay, you know I have to call the police, right? And she was like, yeah, I know, but, like, can you wait a few minutes? Because this isn't my car. I was like, here we go. And I was like, okay, whose car is it? And she goes, 
well it's a rental i was like oh that's not a problem you could just call the rental company she goes yeah but i'm not the one who rented it (laughs) i was like uh who rented it she goes it's my godmother i was like okay uh i still have to call the police though she goes well can you wait like 20 minutes until my godmother gets here i'm like i'll give you three minutes five at most because I have to call the cops. You know what then is funny? Oh this story God. gets wilder as I tell it, right? <laughs> so eventually I call the police and the police gets here. And the police is like, okay, who owns the actual car that was hit? Because I didn't move my car or anything because I knew they had to take a report and everything. I left everything the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know who owns that car that was hit. Mm-hmm. But this is my car. I called you because you're the police. You figure this shit out. And the pers- the police officer was like, oh, We'll just do an exchange of information and see what happens. I was like, no, you cannot just do an exchange of information because the person who's driving that car that hit has nothing to do with that car. They don't own it. They didn't rent it. They, you actually have to file a report. Yeah, just see. Because, yeah, you have to file a report. And then the person who owns that car walks up. This is where it gets funny. <laughs> They're like, okay, everybody bring your information out, your insurance, your this, your that, your that. And of course, I'm like, all right, here we go. So I go, I grab all my stuff. I was like, here's my license. Here's the registration. Here's everything, the insurance information. The person whose car got hit, they're like, oh, fuck. I just got this car two days ago. I was like, oh, that's no problem. Because if you usually, if you go buy a car at the dealership before you drive it off, even if it's a used car, they require you to already have it insured before you even take the car off the lot, which makes sense. And I was like, yeah, so you just have to make sure that you just have that, right? He's like, no, I bought this car from a private seller. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's okay. You still have it insured, right? And he was like, uh, let me call my girlfriend. She would know. I was like, what? And he calls the girlfriend. And the girlfriend tells him that she had just called Geico to send in the application for the insurance. And they haven't heard back from Geico. <laughs> so i was like fuck because here's the thing eventually that girl who's driving the rental car her godmother gets here and everything she like gets all the right and i'm like whoever insures that rental car they're probably going to insure the person who was authorized to drive the car if the other person wasn't authorized to drive the car that person's out of luck they didn't ask you to drive the car. Technically, if they have to put it in legal terms, you're driving a car that is not yours in any way. You didn't rent it. You didn't pay. You stole that car. <laughs> so they're not liable for that. Actually, now you are now you as the driver are liable for the car you damaged from the rental company and the car you actually hit. Mm-hmm. And if you're following the rule that says if you hit someone, you're only liable for the person you hit. If they hit somebody else, they're liable for who they hit. So the person who hit me is not insured. Because the rental application just went in, or their um, insurance application just went in, and they hadn't, they hadn't heard back. And I was like, according to the story of my life, this tracks. This exactly tracks. Nothing is ever straightforward. <laughs> there has to be some semicolon. There has to be some apostrophe. The story can't just be a straight sentence with a period. It always have to have some weird mix-up in it with me. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I tell the police officer, I'm like, you are filing a report. I don't care what any. I don't care what you say. I'm telling you, you are filing a report. She goes, no, we'll just do it. No, 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 no. I'm like, you are filing. And I told the guy whose car got hit. I was like, look, I don't know how you feel about this, 
But let me tell you what's going to happen. If she doesn't file a report and she just does a change of exchange of information, the information you're going to get exchanged to you is probably going to be for the rental. And the rental company can come back and say the person who was driving the car wasn't authorized to drive the car. So they won't cover the cost of your damages. You need to be able to sue the person who was driving that car. And the only way that can happen is if you have a police report that has her information on that police report. Mm-hmm. So you need... My car only got kissed. There are some screw marks in the back of my bumper. And worst case scenario, I'll get a new bumper. It's not a big deal. Your shit is flat in the back, my dear flat so you need a police report i'm advocating on your behalf my dear but you need the report they eventually filed a report and i had to call my insurance company and say this is the part that i hate doing you call them and you say look i do not want my rate to go up i am not filing a claim but my information has gone into a police report and you need to know about it however I'm not flying a claim. My car is fine. It was just involved in the story. So don't increase my rate. And the guy was like, okay, do you have photos? Yeah. I'm like, of course I have photos. He goes, oh, thank God. People call me all the time and they don't have photos. They don't have anything. I was like, oh, not my black ass. See, I don't want my rate to go up. So not my black ass. So, of course, we had this back and forth discussion. And he was like, okay, I'll, like, I'll put this in your file. But, like, you don't have to do anything else. And, like, this is not a claim. I'm like, good. Because what I was afraid of is, depending on how that story is told for the police report, mm-hmm. right? If they put, because there are three cars involved. If whoever types in the report puts, if, if they're dyslexic or whatever, if they swap the information of the cars and say that I was the person in the back that got hit, or I was the per like, because all they're looking at is numbers and names, right? Mm-hmm. They just have to put them in the order in the report. If they switch it anyway, and that report says something other than what it was supposed to say, then I'm liable. And I was like, so when are you filing this report? When do I get a copy? I need to be able to confirm that what happened here is exactly what you put in that report. I'm not saying you're going to lie, but just in case Mm -hmm. you just happen to have a slip of hand and you switch them around, I need to to confirm. She goes, oh, well, I'll go to the station and go type it. I'm like... Why can't you type it now? Why? <laughs> I need to see what you're saying. She goes, um, well, I'll give you a case number and you can check it in like five business days. And then you'll say, five business days. I called my insurance company quickly. I'm like, look, this is exactly what happened. I have photos. Just in case something gets mixed up and they accidentally put the wrong thing in, I have photos. So it will be good. And that was a wild oh day. Oh, God. I like spent three hours dealing with that. And I was like, fuck, fuck. But anyway, that's the reason why I bring that story up is that lady who was driving the car, she was saying how she had turned the corner and she was just, and I believe that this is honestly true. She seemed like a very nice girl. She didn't seem like she, she, cause I said to her, I said, you better not leave. She goes, I'm actually not going to leave. I was like, okay. Uh, she didn't leave. She just stayed there. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I'm calling the police anyway. So you can leave if you want. I already took photos. <laughs> <laughs> um, she had turned the corner of the street and there was another car that was tailing her. And that car was driving aggressively mm. and she didn't know what to do. So she swerved, hoping that like, cause the car was driving crazy around her. And so she was trying to avoid that. And as she swerved, then she hit the car. Yeah. And I'm like, that tracks. And Baltimore, that tracks. Yep. If somebody's driving aggressive behind you, you just keep driving the way you're driving. 
because you want to make sure that you don't hit anybody else and then become liable. You want them who are driving crazy, let them hit you. And then you cuff the whole thing on their neck. She didn't know that trick. And she got, ooh, Mm -hmm. I feel like she would have been tight that whole day. Her day was ruined that day. Ruined. And I was like, because then, you know what? It looks like I'm the villain because I'm the one who called the police on her. But I'm like, look, girl, don't hate the player. <laughs> hate the game. Because I <laughs> yep. I can't sit here and not call the police. Like, this whole thing that shook down, I have to. Yeah. Because then I just look like that. Because the person whose car she hit, that person wasn't even around. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, I... Because it seemed like I'm the person who got the least to do with this. Because my car only has two screw bumps in there. Meanwhile, I'm the one calling the police and reporting, telling the police what to do to... You know what I mean? Yeah. I just seem like an asshole in that scenario. But, but I was in a weird accident like that, too. I was on the highway, and it was a two-lane highway, and I was in the left lane. Mm-hmm. And there was someone on the shoulder, on the far right, who pulled out mm-hmm. into the right lane, like right in front of traffic, going from a dead stop into highway speed traffic. So they pull out, the person behind them was going to hit them because they were going so slow. Mm-hmm. And instead of hitting them, swerved into the left lane directly in front of me. Like, Fuck. I didn't even have time to, like, I was, like, hitting the brake as my car was hitting her car. Like, because she just swerved directly in front of me. Right. And so, like, we both pulled over and... It was like a whole thing because it was like I technically hit her from behind, but she swerved in front of me, but she swerved to avoid another car. And she was like, (laughs) it was so lulzy because neither of us were really like, we were both just like, what happened to us? And And the person who swerved? Right on going. Kept right on going. (laughs) Kept right on going. And she like had a takeout food container in her... (laughs) in her passenger seat and she was like I only got part of the license plate but I wrote it on the top of this takeout container (laughs) but then the police got there and they said they couldn't even charge the person with fleeing the scene of an accident because they didn't actually hit anyone they caused the accident but because they didn't actually like make contact with any of the cars they didn't technically flee the scene of an accident (laughs) Let me explain oh something God. to you. The, uh, it's some shit. It is some shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was so funny, though, because, like, I, uh, I, like, hit the brake really hard, and I was wearing, like, really soft shoes, and I cut, like, between my toes, just, like, because I, I think, like, one of my toes went, like, on and one was off the brake. It was, it ended up being, like, a pretty minor injury, but, like, it was, there, there were, like, these really soft, like, fabric shoes, and I came out of the car. Or like limping and I didn't even realize my foot's like covered in blood and she's like oh my god what did I do to you <laughs> it turned out it was like a little cut so but sorry. yeah it was that was a whole struggle luckily the insurance ruled it a no-fault accident so like neither of not neither like rate didn't go up or anything okay that's oh that's uh, not, that's good that's good. yeah but luckily I have never been in an accident and I knock on wood I would I drive I am the most defensive driver. <laughs> you know this nonsense where people will like say, oh, drive slowly through a parking lot. Not my black ass. Not my fucking black ass. Let me explain something to you. You drive slowly when you're pulling out of the spot. If you pull out of the spot, like you pull out very slowly, make sure nobody else is moving. 
But as soon as you're out of the spot, you want to beeline out of there. Given like you understand what's happening, right? Because the slower you are, somebody else can pull out and meet you. Mm. But if, which is what, this is what I, like you want to be the person who drives so fast that you could cause an accident, but you don't want to be there for yeah. the accident. <laughs> That's me. That is me. I, I hate to say it like that because you understand what I, I, I If I pull out of this spot and I see a clean path to getting out of there, I'm flooring it. I'm flooring it because I'm not going to stay here long enough to wait for you to come meet me. The fuck? I look like. I don't think so. And if I'm on the freeway and I see cars dancing a little too funny, you don't even have to like dance crazy to act like you just have to touch. You just you just have to touch the white lane to your left mm-hmm. or your right, that white line, you just have to touch it. And without using your signal, I'm switching lanes. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Oh, yeah. Or if you hit that rumble strip to the left, close to the shoulder, you just have to hit it one time. I'm switching lanes. I'm not fucking with you. Because, like, you could have fallen asleep. You could be eating. You could be on the phone. You can be doing any number mm-hmm. of things. I see that. I'm leaving. Like, you go ahead and have the accident on your own. But me, no. Because what I'm thinking about is, First of all, one, I can't afford a new car. And two, I can't afford medical bills. Mm-hmm. And also, I can't, afford, I can't afford an insurance premium spike. None of that. And b- people will look at me and say, I drive reckless. I'm like, no, 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 my dear. You don't understand. I have to drive like this. I don't want no problems. I want zero problems. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, driving, driving slower is not always safer. Like, <laughs> like... I, I tell you, in Massachusetts, like, I, I change lanes really aggressively. Like, I look, I'm, I'm careful, but you can't just put your turn signal on and wait in Massachusetts. If you mm-hmm. put your turn signal on and someone is near you, they will speed up to get by you so they so you don't get in front of them. Even if there's enough room, room, if they mm-hmm. see you put on your turn signal and you don't start moving, they hit the gas. <laughs> because they don't right. want you in front of and the other thing that people don't really think about is if you slam your brakes you have to be sure that the person behind you has enough space to react Mm -hmm. because what people will do is they'll reach like maybe they uh they're driving and then there's a stop sign right and that stop sign may be a little bit hidden Mm -hmm. and you the first car can see it but the car behind you cannot Mm -hmm. see it so what you do is you wait until you're so close to the stop sign to stop and then you hit your brakes all at once and the person behind you doesn't have enough time to react, they will run into mm-hmm. you. So if I see a stop sign, I start braking way, 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 way back there. And people always ask me like, why are you braking all the way back here? You shut the fuck up. You let me drive the way I drive. <laughs> and that's gonna be that on that. Or if I see, even if it's a stoplight that I know most people can see, I start hitting the brakes mm. way from back there. Not because I mean to stop my car, but I mean to start tapping the brakes so they see I'm slowing down. Because mm-hmm. most people don't, because I know I, all of the, a lot of these cars these days have like this daytime running lights. Mm-hmm. So if they see like, it, it's very hard for them to see like the, the brake lights versus the daytime running lights in the back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, 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 I'm tapping my brakes. You're going to notice that I'm slowing down. Mm-hmm. So you better start slowing down too. But even with that, people are, like, out here texting on their phone. They don't notice you're slowing down, and they still run into you. So, like, I'm – or if I see that that person behind me looks like they're barreling, mama, it's safer for me to get to that stop – the stop sign, hook us, like, a really small right Mm -hmm. so I'm not all the way over it. 
but like they see I'm doing something crazy, so then they're gonna right. Because uh, so if I'm driving like a crazy, you know what I mean? If I'm driving like a crazy person, somebody's like, "Why are you moving like that?" I'm like, "Let me explain something to you. I can control what I do, but everybody else can't. I can't control that. So I have to do my absolute best to preempt what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And that nonsense people do, where they're like, "It's a yellow light. You want to start slowing down?" I'm flooring it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm flooring it for the exact same reasons. Because, not only because the person behind me doesn't have enough time to react, but because the person behind me is so impatient that they also want to make that yellow. And they just assume that I too will be that way and I will make that yellow. Mm -hmm. So they'll keep going full speed hoping I go, I'm like, I can't stop now. I see them barreling behind me. I have to go through this yellow. Mm I would rather have the light turn red, have a uh, red light camera catch my car and give me a ticket, than slam the brakes, avoid that ticket, get hit. Mm. Yeah. It just makes more sense to floor it and go through the yellow. And, you know, this the thing, I like, people who get in my car when I drive, they tell me my driving is crazy. Crazy! And I get it, too. If I were sitting in my car, I wouldn't have faith in me. <laughs> but I'm like... And it, I wouldn't. I, I, it looks like I'm moving like a crazy person. But if it's just a straightaway freeway and I can pretty much have like a steady speed going and I don't have to do any crazy maneuvers, I can like relax and stop driving like a maniac. But living in Baltimore, I don't take any chances. I do not take any chances. Let me just move like a crazy person like the rest of them. The only scratches that have happened on that car since I've gotten it one time. By the way, I've had my car since 2014. It's going to turn like, I think, seven years. I think it just turned seven years, actually. The only scratch on that car is one time I was shoveling snow from the car, and there was just so much snow that I didn't want to use this small thing. So I just grabbed a huge metal shovel, <laughs> and I was shoveling snow off the car. <laughs> and I scratched like a really thin line off of paint. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, you can't even notice, like a hair. That's the one scratch. All the other scratches have been because I've been street parking and people have been scratching my car while it was on the street. Mm-hmm. Not a single scratch in that car. And I don't take any chances. I'll fuck with these people. Yeah. Anyway. I'm actually bad about... I'm just like... I'm a, I'm a good driver, but I'm not a great driver. And I have a lot of little, like, scrapes on my car. <laughs> of, like, just scraping the curb <laughs> wrong. Just, like bumping something like i just the worst one was uh i (laughs) this was so sad i was going to turn into a parking garage and i like misjudged which one was the exit and the entrance so i like started to turn into what i thought was the entrance and it was the exit so i like backed up and then tried to go in the entrance but i was in like a weird angle and i turned it and hit my passenger door on like a post that was in the front. So I like pulled over to look at it and I walk around my passenger door and there's like a little scrape on the handle. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't too bad. I grab the handle and it comes off in my hand. (laughs) 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 It was pouring rain. I was standing there in the pouring rain just holding the handle of my passenger door. It's like, Uh. fuck me. Uh, what's the farthest distance you've ever driven? So is it the longest I've driven, like, just myself? No, I suppose in general, like, from start to destination, doesn't matter who's driving, what's the Mm. longest? I went on, like, this, I think the longest, like, this was over a few days. This was actually, 
So my husband and I met his last semester in college, which was a fall semester. And that we had decided we wanted to keep dating long distance. And that like winter break, that was sort of our, we spent a lot of time together. He met my family. I met his family. Um, and this was a real like test of a relationship. This could have gone really wrong. But we went on like so many road trips. We basically were in Connecticut with his family, drove down to Baltimore to my family, Baltimore back to Connecticut. Then his family has a house in Maine. So we went Connecticut up to the north woods of Maine, back down to Connecticut. And then I went with him on a ski trip in Canada. So then after that, we went Connecticut all the way up to Canada, like north of Quebec, and then back to Connecticut. (laughs) That That was like within a few days. Oh my God. Yeah. We spent so many hours. That's a lot of driving. Yeah. So in retrospect, like if you can stand someone that many hours on end, just the two of us in the car, like it was a pretty good indication it was going to, it was going to work out okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The thing is, first of all, that sounds like a great, that sounds great to me because I really love driving. And as long as like the person that I'm in the car with, I would love that. That's it. I think I haven't, that, yeah, I... I would like to do an even longer road trip, but I think the longest I've ever done, I think it was the time I met you in Connecticut, and I think we went to Provincetown. Oh, yeah. We drove, like, way, way out to the very end of the Cape. (laughs) Where's Provincetown? (laughs) Right. Yes. I think that, because I drove all the way from here. I got food poisoning on that trip. Did I tell you? You did? Oh, no. I had forgotten that. Got terrible. Oh, no. I also drove um, DC to St. Louis, which was a really long drive and also a really boring drive because it is just dead straight and dead flat. Like, there's nothing. Nothing. It's the most boring drive. Just all through, like, Indiana. Like, uh, because I had the rabbit, I had the pet rabbit with me. Oh, Satchmo. And I needed the car with me in St. Louis. So me and Satchmo, my pet rabbit, went on a road trip through the Midwest. (laughs) It was was just flat. (laughs) Yeah. So when would you choose driving over other modes of transportation, like walking, biking, public transit, Uber, trains, Mm. planes? What makes you choose driving over? I okay, so I hate walking, <laughs> so let's not even bother about that. I just you won't be catching me out in these streets walking, but I will. I will pick biking over walking, and I will pick first of all public transportation. I I can't do public transportation. Why not? And you know what somebody said to me? Somebody said I'm an elitist <laughs> for having that mindset. I was like, okay, let me explain something to you. I don't have an issue with the actual public transportation. What I have a problem with is the fact that I cannot control the timing of it. Mm. The timing is already set and I have to meet that timing. And most of the time in my experience, public transportation doesn't actually even obey the timing that they set. So I can't do that. And also the inconvenient at being in a place where I can't control the space, like I'm in there with all of these people, especially in a panorama, (laughs) I'm like, uh, there's so much here that I can't control. So public transportation. And the other thing is, 
because I have really bad sense of direction, that also adds on to poetry. Like I did I I told I I've told this during the podcast before. I was trying to get to Brooklyn from Manhattan and I took the train going to Staten Island and I didn't realize it until I was in Staten Island. My sense of direction is all sorts of messed up. So I prefer to be in a car where I'm driving and if I have cell signal, I can just use worst case scenario. If I get lost, it's going to reroute me and I can control the car. Mm -hmm. And the space in the car, I can control that. I can control what kind of music is playing. I can control a lot of things if I'm driving. So I will pick driving over. Public transportation is like my last, unless I'm like in a place where I don't have a car and I must, then that's okay. But public transportation is last on the list. Then driving. But even driving, I will, because I like driving, I will put driving, like in Baltimore City, I'd bike before I drive. Mm. Especially if it's like a less than five mile distance. Because... I don't have to worry about parking where I'm mm. going. In Baltimore Parking Authority, <laughs> I don't fuck with that. So, like, with the bike, I don't have to worry about parking. And I can pretty much, you know, weave through any type of traffic or other kind of stuff. Like, even if it's rush hour, I can still get there in reasonable time on a bike. So, I'll pick biking. But, yeah, it's a eh, it's a nuanced question. How about you? When would you choose driving over all the modes of transportation? Um, first off, I don't fuck with biking. I'm terrified of biking, especially with cars <laughs> on the road. <laughs> So let's just cross that one off now. Um, uh-huh. I love being able to walk places. I really like it. I mean, uh-huh. it's. I hate doing it in the DC humidity, but uh, I yeah, I'll choose to walk. I also really like having public transit. Some of this, though, I think is just because I lived in the suburbs of Connecticut for so many years before now, and like we're finally in a place where we had two cars because we had to have two cars. We're down to one car and we don't even have to get it out very often because we can walk places. We can take the metro places. I will say the DC metro is better than like most public transit in the US. Most public transit in the US is trash. It's better than New York, I tell you that. (laughs) And I hate to say it that way because the New York one is like bigger, but the DC one is better. Yeah, it actually like runs on time. It's clean most of the time. Yeah, especially like going out like it's fun to be able to go out drinking and stuff without having to worry about having a designated driver um so that part about like walking in public transit is nice um and uber although the surge prices man the surge prices on an uber and a lyft will get you oof they will gather you all together (laughs) traffic doesn't have to be necessary and this is the part that gets me together especially on 495 near DC. <laughs> if there is a crash going north, south is free. Yep. Nothing is wrong with south. People will slow down their cars to rubberneck to look at the crash on the opposite side of the freeway. Yep. And that causes traffic on the south. Meanwhile, the south is free. There should be no traffic. Yep. And I get so upset because I see them. I'm like, Gee, look, face your direction and keep going. <laughs> that doesn't concern you. Yeah, but yeah, you know, sometimes accidents happen and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's infuriating when I've been sitting in traffic and I'm like, and then I go and realize it was just rubbernecking traffic. I'm like, you, we all could have been going faster. Why? Why? Yeah, that stuff kills me. Or, you know, the other thing that kills me is construction. Mm. 
Back to the end construction <laughs> protest signs. Look. Abolish construction. <laughs> <laughs> when I say sometimes the construction hours don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Don't make sense. This is a major road that people take going to work in the morning. Your construction should not happen at 8.30 a.m. That is not the time you should be constructing. You should have planned do it in the middle of the night when people aren't on this road. Yeah. But in Baltimore, that construction, zero regard for anybody's time. They will put it at times that don't make any sense. And then there's just traffic. I'm like, this is a planned construction. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you plan it for a better time? Yeah. Or it'll be like construction where it's just like my husband calls it cone storage, where it's just like there will be part of the road <laughs> blocked off. And it's just blocked off forever with all these cones and it takes people forever to merge, but there's never anyone doing any construction there. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Cone storage. That's sending me. <laughs> <laughs> I never learned how to drive a manual transmission car. Yeah. And I would love to, I would love to learn, but I, I, I don't, if I could figure out a driving school that's going to teach me that, I would, but I'm like, I don't want to spend money for that. I just want somebody who has a manual car to just like have me learn on their car for free. Because I'm not paying another like $400 to $600 just to, le- <laughs> just to learn. I'm like, yeah. no, just somebody teach me for free. So if you're listening to this podcast and you live anywhere near Baltimore and you drive a manual transmission car, you let me know. <laughs> and I'll probably buy you pizza and beer when you teach me. So It's too bad he doesn't yeah. have it anymore. My husband has always driven manual cars. He just likes them better. He gets uh. them on purpose. Um, we don't have one anymore because now we only have one car and I can't drive manual. Oh, I see. I tried to learn. I tried to learn how to drive manual. <laughs> the thought terrified me, of course. I like. I don't understand why anyone does it now. It's like, let me just take a task and make it harder. I don't understand. Right. Um, but I tried. I really tried to learn it. And he tried to teach me in this like little bitty main town where like there aren't even that many cars on the road there's like one stoplight so like honestly it should have been a low pressure situation but i just like i kept fucking it up i kept fucking it up and then at one point i was trying to make a left turn into a store and i was just like trying to make a left turn and i just kept stalling and stalling and i was stuck and i couldn't make a left and i start crying (laughs) just like sitting and oh no I'm, I'm like blocking traffic. The one stoplight in the town. <laughs> That's gonna and, be me. That's gonna be. And me. that was the last time I tried to drive so a manual. <laughs> I was like, "This is not. Oh, this is just not for me." Yeah. I, I gave it my best. So that concludes our episode on driving. Thanks everybody for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us. Tell us your opinions about driving or any topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. On next week's episode, (laughs) we'll be talking about cooking. Until next time, peace.